Thank you so much for being here. My name is Thomas Lane, and this is our podcast. Every Monday, we release the latest message from our church, so be sure to subscribe so you never miss it. We hope this word encourages and inspires you. Here's today's message. We're going to John chapter 20. Chapter 20, we're going to continue where we left off last week. We're looking at some resurrection reactions. We're looking at Jesus' earliest followers reacting to the resurrection. That's what we're doing. And last week we talked about Mary, and this week we were supposed to talk about someone else, but there was more to be said from Mary. So we're going to keep going. We're going to John chapter 20. Let's do verses 15 through 17. John is an early account about the life, teaching, death, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. 15, Jesus is raised from the dead, okay? And he sees Mary, but Mary doesn't recognize him. He asked her, Jesus asked her, he said, woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I'll get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, the language of the day, cried out, Rabboni, which means teacher. Pray with me. Father God, we thank you that you're our teacher. We ask that you are our Rabboni today. Teach us, lead us, pull us higher, pull us deeper, pull us closer. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Before we dig into the text, um, Brandon mentioned this, but I, it's just so fun for me. God's doing some incredible things online. Would you welcome our online community on the podcast? Thank you. And on YouTube and Facebook. Thank you all for joining in. Thank you all for liking these messages and sharing them and subscribing. Um, it's really cool to see people. We had we had some military families uh, in Guam watching last week, which is really cool to be able to reach out to people all over the world, different states, um, different oceans. It's really, really cool what God is doing. That phrase, Rabbani, say it with me, Rabbani. It's a take on rabbi. You've maybe heard rabbi. That means teacher. And she didn't just say teacher, rabbi. That's a name of honor, Rabbani. Um, it can be translated, my great master. My teacher, it's you. There's some possession to it. There's some aggression to it. And John doesn't say what happens next, but you can fill in the blanks because verse 17, Jesus says, do not hold on to me. Do not hold on to me for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Somebody say, hold on. Hold on. I was going to call the sermon just hold on, but the last minute I changed it. The title of the sermon is this. If you're taking notes, it's if I'm still holding on. If I'm still holding on, Mary had been through some trauma. Some of you this last year have been through some trauma. You see, you got to see the Last Supper. If you've read the scripture, if you've been here with us, you know what happened at the Last Supper. You know what happened in the garden. You, you saw these last moments of Jesus. Mary did not. Okay? You have an inside look that she didn't even have. She, you were there in a sense. You're, you're able to read it. She didn't see that. She maybe saw him that day. Maybe. We're not quite sure. But then, but then, you know, Friday he's arrested, right? And cru- he's arrested overnight. He's crucified. She doesn't see his arrest. She sees him at the cross. She sees Jesus die. And then she waits Saturday, a day of darkness. She comes Sunday. She's going to put some oils and spices on him to kind of honor his body for, for, for burial. And he ain't even there. If you've ever been in a cycle of life where that thing didn't work out and that next thing didn't work out and God disappointed you again and again, you're just like Mary. Now, maybe it's something big like this where you thought the Son of God was going to do X, Y, and Z, and he disappointed you. Maybe it's something small. I don't quite care. If there's been an expectation that's constantly dashed or thrown down or defeated, you can relate to this story. 
You thought he was the son of God. You thought he was the light of the world and you saw him extinguished. And when you go to find his body to pay him respects, he's not even there. He's not even there. So all we can tell from this is Mary, she sees him, she recognizes him. What she do? She jumps on him. She's like, it's you. The word kind of has this idea of she's just holding on tight. She's clasping tight. What's the deal here? Is Mary a clinger? She has a stage nine, level seven clinger. Is that it? Is that what's going on? What's, what's going on? He's like, oh, don't hold on to me. What's Jesus doing? Because a lot of people touch him. People touch him all the time. And he's not like, don't, don't do that. What's, what's going on here? My kids, when I get home from work, my kids are clingers. They are my five-year-old and two-year-old. They, we play this game. I think I have a picture. Do we have a picture of my kids? They hold on to my ankles. That's Thomas on the left. That's little Dempsey. They each hold on to an ankle and I drag them around the house. Um, in a loop. It's fun. Maybe they know um, that I tend to skip leg day. Maybe they're trying to help Papa out. Or maybe they just miss me. Regardless, they hold on and I drag them around the house. Is that, what's, is that what Mary's doing? What's going on? I found out in life that when we go through a traumatic experience, we can be resistant to change. Some of you going through COVID, it's been a traumatic experience. You're resistant to change. You're resistant to new things. You want to hold on to some things that are, that are comfortable, that you understand. Okay, some of you have been through a divorce or a desertion or a heartbreak or a job loss. Something's happened, and as a result, you're playing it a little safe. I think that's human nature. Mary lost Jesus. She, she saw him executed. She lost him on the cross. Then she lost him in the tomb. She's got him. She's not letting go. I know the kids are in the house. Maybe you can't relate to Mary, but maybe you can relate to Finding Nemo. Who loves Finding Nemo? Anyone? Who prefers Finding Dory? You're wrong. No, you can be right if that's you. Some little kids did it. You can like anyone you want finding Nemo's amazing. Just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. That junk is hot. Don't pretend that's not motivating. We went to camp one year. It's like a seven hour drive. I played that junk over and over in the car. Everyone was so upset. We played finding Nemo. We played it again. We played it again. They got so upset. Guess what I did? played it again. It was fun. It was hot. Those, those students are still, those high school students are still upset at me. They'll get over it. Finding Nemo, don't forget Marlon, that's the dad. This is for you kids, okay? And some of the adults who like cartoons. Marlon, he suffered loss. He suffered great loss. If you think about it, it's really, it's really sad. It's really tragic. And as a result, he had one little guy left. That was Nemo. And what did he do? He was protective. He hovered. He was a helicopter Dad, he, he, he hovered close. He clung to him. He says, I'm not going to let you go. I'm not going to let you go. I came to tell you, whatever you're facing, just hold on. Just hold on, because Mary's holding on to something good, but Jesus is saying, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got something great. Because some of you are holding on to something good. Jesus is saying, I have a new plan. I'm taking your life a different direction. I'm taking your life to a different calling. Hold on. Don't hold on. Hold on. Wait. Pause. Slow down. Because I have something great. If you're like Mary and there's an expectation that didn't line up, just hold on. If you've been hurt and you're afraid to put yourself out there, God is not finished. Just hold on. If you got your heart broken, maybe from being connected to a place of work or even a church, I came to tell you, just hold on. God is not finished. He is not done. He's risen. He's here. He's got a plan. He's got a plan. 
Mary sees them, and don't be like, what is she doing? You do the exact same thing, but what's going on? Because elsewhere, holding on to Christ is good. He's just about to go to Thomas and say, touch me. Like, you touch the, the wounds, like you, it's really me. So it's not like, don't touch him. It's not like he's a ghost and you can't touch him. Why is, why is he saying, don't hold on to me? I want to ask you this. Are you holding on to something? And God is trying to call you to something new. Because Mary, I think she's holding on to something. She's like, Jesus, I've walked with him. He's taught, he's back right, I'll hold on to you. That's how it's always been. It's comfortable, it's safe. Stay here. But Jesus, if you can see, he's redirecting her. He's saying, Honey, I got a whole new plan coming. You don't even understand. What, what did he say he's going to ascend to the Father? What's that about? Jesus is thinking, uh, Mary's thinking so small-mindedly. She's saying, you're here. I can't lose you now. I'm going to hold on to you tight. Jesus is saying, Mary, I got a plan coming where it's not only you can hold on to me tight, but I have a plan. I'm going to ascend to the Father. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, and every single person, in a sense, can cling to me tight. Because God's Jesus ain't going to be just in one place. He's going to be within us. When we sing that song that's coming next, it's called The Blessing. It talks about God's presence and spirit being around us and above us and beside us and behind us. And it hit me last hour. The culmination of that, around you, behind you, beside you, the culmination of that is within you. That's the last one. That's the highest one because you don't need to cling to his feet in a bodily form if the Holy Spirit of God is within you. And that's what Jesus is doing. You can clap for that if that spoke to you. Someone else should get excited about that because if you believe in Christ, if the Spirit is within you, if He's within you, He can never leave you. He can never forsake you. It doesn't matter if He walks away, so to speak. You don't have to do that because He is within you. That's why it's the culmination of the song. That's why what Jesus is doing is so special because God's plans are always greater than our plans. Did you know that? Some of y'all haven't learned that yet. You're going to learn. You're going to learn. You're going to learn. You're going to go to God and you're going to surrender something and ask him to do something. And you're going to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But his, your plans are never as big as his. His plans are always greater than your plans. One of my heroes, Tim Keller, he was a pastor in Hopewell, Virginia, a little country church. Some of y'all have been in Virginia your whole life. You have no idea where Hopewell is. Okay. I don't even know. I could show you a map. You couldn't find it. I couldn't even find it. Okay. It's country. Little church there. God called him and his wife to go to New York City and plant a church. Little country boy going to New York City. And he tells a story. He, he and his wife drove through the first time and how intimidating it was, the different languages and cultures and the millions of people and the tall buildings and the traffic and how scary it was. And they thought they had a, they were like, well, if God called us to it, he's going to do something. And so they thought maybe after a few years, we'll have a, a little church that can sustain itself, maybe a few people, a little congregation. Well, God just blew it up. They had 5,000, I think 8,000 people coming. They had all these different campuses, which are now new churches. They've launched so many churches. They have done so many. He, God has done so much through that man because God's plans are always greater than our plans. With Ascent launching, we launched, we opened in 2017. We had small hopes because most, most churches don't, most church plants don't last, period, at all. Especially when in a pandemic, when a pandemic hits year two, it's not, it's not pretty. It's not a good thing. But God's plans are always greater than our plans. And the fact that we've been homeless for three years, the fact that today our A-Kids is homeless, but the fact that we got a kid's wing down the street, that should stir something in you. 
That should wake you up a little bit because God's plans are greater than our plans. You have a story now. You have a testimony to share of things you've seen him do in this church, in your life, in this city. God has new plans. Look what he says. He says, go instead. God might come to you and say, instead of that, clinging to me is good. Yeah, but go instead. I got a new plan. Go instead to my brothers, my bros, my brohemians, my brochachos, and tell them I am ascending. He said it twice. This is the plan. All right? Jesus is like, you hear me? This is the plan. I'm ascending. I'm ascending to my father and your father, to my God and to your God. Now, some people were new to faith or were skeptics. We're not quite sure. Okay. This is one of the strongest reasons, stronger, stronger reasons why this is not made up. If you were writing this story and the first person, the resurrected Lord comes to and says, go, sends out as a missionary, you would never pick Mary ever. She had a reputation for being demon-possessed. Anyone want a person like that representing you? Starting your movement? Anybody? Some people think she was a prostitute. We're not sure. Of all the people on earth, Jesus said, I'm picking this woman. May have been a prostitute. We're not sure. Definitely was demon-possessed. It's you. If you were writing this story, you'd never pick that person. It had to be true. Why did he do it? Maybe he did it. Because maybe there's some people in the room, you may be thinking, what could God ever do through me? I got a past. I got a story. Well, guess what? So did the first missionary ever. So did the first person who the risen Lord said, go and tell them about it. She's got a story too. Some of y'all are new. You're saying, I don't even understand the Bible yet. I haven't even finished the Bible yet. What could God do through me? Some of us, your kids, your kids, and deep down you're thinking, what could God do through me? I'm just a kid. Maybe mommy, maybe daddy, not me. I came to tell you, you have no idea what God could do through you. Kids, he's got a purpose for you greater than you could ever ask or imagine. I want you to know, I believe in you. Your parents believe in you. I want you to know you do not have perfect parents, but you have great parents. Because some of your parents might rather be golfing right now. They might rather be on the boat right now. And when they drove to church, they looked at the boat and said, We're going to church. Kids, your parents are not perfect, but they are great. They understand that a spiritual investment in you and your family is the greatest gift they could give you. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that. And I want you to know, I believe God has his hand on this next generation. I absolutely think that. And what you need to know, friends, if you're, if you're an adult, if this is your church, if this is your home, if we want this church to last and survive and outlive us, it's going to be in their hands one day. We're not going to be here to carry it always. It's going to be in their hands one day. So let's raise them up. Let's invest in them. Let's pour into them. Watch what God can do. Verse 18, Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. She's got news. She's got news. She's like Andy Fox. WTKR. She's like Jeff Lawson, meteorology. I had a few more in my head. I forgot them. I'm just going to stop right there. She's got news. Somebody say she's got some news. I've seen the Lord, she said. Who thinks they said, yeah, you saw the Lord? (laughs) Good, Mary. What else did you see? I've seen the Lord. Yeah, okay. And she told them that he had said these things to her friends. A true interaction with God always makes us missional. 
It always sends us out. You never interact with God, and he says, do the exact same thing you've always done. It's not what he does. I love it. She's saying, I want to say, he says, go. He says, go. He says, go. Go, go, go. Tell them. And I love what she said. She says, I have seen the Lord. She could have quoted scripture. She could have. She could have looked. She could have brought the Old Testament and said, this prophecy and this. She could have done that. That's valuable. And a lot of people do that. She didn't do that. What did she do? How did she tell others? She said, I've seen the Lord. I've seen him. I've seen him. That is the strongest way to share your faith is say, I have seen the Lord. That's it. Now, here to send, we don't invite people to church. We bring them. We bring them. Because inviting is easy. Inviting is weak. It's easy to give someone a car and say, oh, come to church. If you don't have anything going on, doesn't work. You got to bring them, baby. You got to bring them. Maybe bribe them or two. Okay? Be like, come with me. I'll pick you up. I'll save you a seat. You don't got to dress up. My, my friend, my friend, uh, he invited someone to church, and this person doesn't, not really used to church. He said, I don't know what to wear. What do I wear? My friend said, well, what do you wear to Home Depot? He's like, what? That is awesome. I want to be a Home Depot kind of church. Okay? Where everyone's welcome. Where you can just come as you are. We don't invite. We bring them. We save you a seat. We buy you a coffee. We get you a donut. Maybe a warm, delicious, crispy cream, hot, fresh donut. I don't know. We bring people. And when you're sharing your faith, I've got a great formula right here. Because it can be scary. You don't know what to say. You don't know where to start. Look what my girl says. She says, I have seen the Lord. Do you know the power in you saying, you know, hey, I used to not like church. Hey, I used to be a skeptic. Hey, I know you got a lot going on, but I have seen the Lord. That's, that's the phrase. I have seen the Lord work in my life. I have seen the Lord do something in my marriage. I've seen the Lord impact my kids. I've seen the Lord do something in this city. I've seen the Lord reach people that they didn't think could ever be reached. I've seen the Lord. There is so much power in that. It's not some philosophical argument. You might get there, but the way she starts, it's personal. You feel that song? Have you seen him? Tell others that you've seen him. Tell your neighbor, I've seen him. What? <laughs> Natalie, I'm going to talk to you for a second. I worked, we worked way too hard on this to have people not participate. Way too hard. Let's try it again. Tell your neighbor, I've seen him. That's good. I like that. That's great. Some of y'all watch online so much. You're, you're not used to interacting, but you did good. I've seen them. I've seen them. Let's finish before I say something crazy. Verse 19, on the evening of that first day of the week. Okay, let's think about this. When did he raise up? Sunday. Okay. On the evening of the first day of the week. Okay. Okay. First day. Okay. Got it. Okay. When the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came. He came. Okay. And he stood among them. And he said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Jesus might send you first before he comes himself. You know, you know how crazy this is? It's completely insane. Jesus is there. He's in town. He's over that away. And he says, Mary, you go. He's, he knows he's coming himself. He could have not said anything to Mary. He could have said, just lay low. I'm going to surprise the boys. No, he doesn't say that. He says, you go. You go. God is very capable of doing this in someone else's life, but he might send you first. He might send you first before he comes himself. Has God sent you to be in someone's life right now to prepare them for when Jesus comes to them? 
Because I think the answer is yes. I think you're in someone's life right now. They're in your unit. They're at your gym. They live next to you. You go to the gym with them. They're in your preschool class. They wait in line with you to pick up the kids. But you are in their life to go first, just like our girl Mary did, to prepare them for when God himself comes. Now, don't miss this. It's not all on Mary. It's not all on Mary. No one can come to the Father unless he draws them. It's all on him. It's 100% on him, but he might send you first. Someone told me last hour, and I think it's true, some of y'all are in someone else's life just to prove Christians aren't completely crazy. I believe that. I believe that. That is your full role that God has sent you to do, just to show, hey, Home Depot, baby, you're just like me. You're not crazy. You're not looking at me. You're not, you're not, okay. I'm open to this idea. For the first time, I'm open to coming to church. I'm open to reading the Bible. I'm open to watching a sermon on YouTube for the first time. God might, God might have sent you. When you look at your life through this lens, it changes everything. When you realize, hey, what if my kid is on this baseball team for this reason so I can interact with those parents? Maybe I'm at that job I don't fully quite like all the time, but maybe it's not about me. It's so I can interact and love on them. What if your neighborhood's got some problems? You don't love it. You want to move. But what if those neighbors were there for a reason? What if God is actually sovereign and he put you there for a reason? What if? We spend so much time whining and complaining and want to do something else when you're exactly where you need to be. He's put you there 100% for a reason. There's a evangelist that lived in the 1800s in the Midwest by the name of D.L. Moody. Moody. D.L. Moody. And he has this quote, which is pretty, it's pretty big. It's pretty popular. I, I wanted to modernize it for you. This is what he said. I'm going to speak it to you today. He said, the world has yet to see what God can do was someone fully surrendered to him. I modernized it a little bit. I made it a little more accessible. The world has yet to see what God can do with someone fully surrendered to him. D.L. Moody thought that, God put it on his heart, and he did his best to lead that. He was cutting edge. He did things that no one else did. He changed the world. There's still a Moody Bible Institute today. Today. I have friends who went there. His legacy is he's impacted millions, centuries, because he came to God, he threw his life down. And just like Mary, he might have been clinging on to something. Jesus said, hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't hold on to that. Hold on, wait, I got something better. I got something greater. It's time to leave that, leave the comfortable, embrace something new. It's going to impact a lot more people. It's going to change a lot more lives. The world has yet to see what God can do with someone fully surrendered to him. The world has yet to see what God can do with a family fully surrendered to him. With a marriage fully surrendered to him. With a church fully surrendered to him. Willing to leave what makes us comfortable and what makes us feel good. Willing to embrace the uncertain because it's not about me and my comfort. It's about doing this, just what Mary did, saying, I've seen the Lord. Telling others. That's what it's about. If you think for a second, the reason we're excited about a building is that we don't have to set up and tear down anymore, you've completely missed the message. 
If you think it's just so where there's not any inconveniences anymore, that's nice with scheduling, that's nice. But that's not why we're doing it. We're doing it to tell more people than ever before that God loves them, that he has a plan for their life, to share the gospel, that even though I'm more sinful and flawed than I would ever dare believe, that because of Jesus, I'm more loved and accepted and cherished in him than I could ever dare hope. And he can use someone like me and he can use someone like you to say that message. That's what he does. That's what he does. When Helen and I got married, we exchanged letters before the ceremony. And I, I had that little quote in there. I said, honey, let's see. Let's tell God yes. When, when, when he calls us, let's not hold on to the past and the comfortable. Let's see. Let's say yes. Let's go. Let's be willing to move to live in four different houses in two years. Let's be willing to move to a city where we don't really know anybody. Let's be willing to see what God can do through us. One more time, I'm going to finish the quote. I'm going to expand it. The world has yet to see what God can do with someone fully surrendered to him. By God's help, we aim to be that someone. By God's help, you aim to be that someone. By God's help, you aim to be that student, that marriage, that family, that church you have no idea what God can do through you not down the road not later sure I'm talking right now Mary did not have all the answers she had a real interaction with Jesus and he said go and I believe he's telling us right now to go my friends God's plans are always greater than your plans May we be that people fully surrendered to him. And let's see what he's going to do. For this city's good. For his glory. Thank you so much for listening. To hear more, make sure to subscribe and check out the channel for past content. And if you like what you're hearing, please rate it. And please also consider sharing it with a friend. You can text it to a friend or post it on social and tag at Ascent Church VA. For more content from Ascent and to connect with Ascent Church, please visit ascentchurch.net. Your best days are ahead of you. The future is bright. See you next time.